You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena, the parochial vicar of St. Anne's Parish in Butte, Montana, and chaplain of Butte Central Catholic Schools. Enjoy. You know, I almost, I almost never watch TV, but my sister's tried to get me into the show recently. It's about a Catholic family from the 70s. They have eight boys, and it's just kind of the funny Catholic culture dynamic. There's this one scene that struck me. I want to talk about it now. So the kids think their parents are going to get a divorce, and they're terrified, and so they confront them. And all eight of them come forward, and they're like, are you guys getting a divorce? And then the dad just kind of looks at me. He's like, kids, we're Catholics. We hang in till the bitter end, (laughs) till one of us stands over the other one and watches them die. And the wife kind of turns to me, she's like, oh, honey, so romantic. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I say that because I, I see that sort of like intense passion in both of you, passionate young Catholics, uh, part of a deep and profound tradition of young men and women who have trusted in the church and the church's millennia of wisdom that tell us what will and will not make you happy? You trusted the church when you were seeking a spouse, when you were preparing for marriage, and now you trust the church in living your marriage out. And I say this because much of the world has lost that trust. Much of the world will scoff at your lifestyle, at the choices that you make as a married couple. And they'll maybe even see you from a distance as sort of, you know, confused and weird about what life's supposed to be about. But that's because much of the world is unhappy. And they've believed a lie about who they are and what their life is about. And nothing, nothing is more compelling than exposing that lie, than witnessing to the love of Christian marriage. The world insists on making the same mistakes in every single age. And we as Catholics know their mistakes because we've received the gift and know that it's a gift that you've received of the truth. And you have that gift because you both have great parents who fought the same battle to live the truth in a time that had its own challenges. And they lived it And they pass it down to you. And you cannot waste the gift that you've been given. Can't waste it because every generation needs a fresh witness of the joy of Catholic marriage. And like Christianity as a whole, it's simple, but it's not easy. So our first reading that you chose, it's one of the classics from the scriptures. And it's weird, but awesome. You know, Tobias marries Sarah. He's pretty sure he's going to die that night. You know, Sarah's dad's pretty sure Tobias is going to die that night because he just married a a young woman whose first seven husbands were killed on their their marriage night. But he takes a different approach. You know, and and, and that says a lot about the world. It's kind of a fascinating insight into the world. But, But Tobias jumps out of bed, gets down on his knees, and he prays. And he says, Blessed are you, God of our fathers, who made... Adam and gave Eve as his wife as a helper and support. Now, what's at the root of this? 
What is it about Adam and Eve's relationship that Tobias is sort of calling upon? You know, we can look at Ephesians for that. Because Paul digs deep into what marriage really means. You know, so many people, so many couples shy away from Ephesians 5 because it uses words that make us as postmodern Americans cringe. You know, like words like subordinate and submit and give yourself up. And we live in an age that focuses all of our energy upon ourselves, upon the individual. You know, frankly, we're sort of obsessed with ourselves and convinced that our sort of self-care and autonomy are the keys to our happiness. And Paul just blows that up in Ephesians. He says, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. We were created to give ourselves totally to someone else. That's who we are at our core. As Christians, we all, first and foremost, give ourselves to the Lord. And then, as a couple called to marriage, marriage is a response to that original call of Adam and Eve to actually partake in God's creation. You're called to actually take part in that, to bring life into the world. It's incredible. So the love you have for one another, if you are willing to die to yourselves, will bring souls to Christ. There's no doubt. Now our culture, loves the, we love the idea of individualism, but then we're all confused and sad when we end up bitter and resentful. And when anyone who's in that place sees a marriage that's lived as we're called to live it, they are immediately compelled by that. It's immediately compelling. You know, you chose the passage from Mark in which Jesus reaches back to Genesis again to point to the reality of marriage. To the fact that you become one flesh today. And that's something that you cannot put asunder. You can't undo that move. And there's something beautiful about that commitment. It's a new reality. And it transcends both of you. Which is why we do it here. Publicly in the church before the altar. It's a public declaration of God's call to holiness for you. And so now, you're responsible for each other's salvation. It's like, it's like sixth grade dot kickball. You know, you're, you're a package deal. Can't get one without the other. You are one flesh. And you're ready for it. You know, Jarrett, you're a man of great intensity. I've, I've rarely met a young man who's like so pumped up about bringing the kingdom of God into the world, about Christian culture. You understand that the call, you know, the call of the laity in the church isn't, isn't, you know, to be the average person and then go to church on Sundays. You know, that's not the call of the Christian. You know, the role of the laity, of the Christian family, which you're forming today, is to receive Christ into your hearts at the Mass, yes, but then to go out with the strength that you've been given and conquer the world for Christ. You know, you're the church militant. You're called to build up the kingdom of God, to bring souls to Christ, because you can reach to places that the priest can't. But sometimes, Jared, you know, your intensity gets the best of you. But that's why God sent you Nicole. With her 
with her calm and soothing stability, with her, you know, firm, firm and strong, but peaceful spirit, you know. And, it, and that temper balances you. It's beautiful to see, actually. Nicole, you have the, the best of all of the qualities of someone who came from a huge family. You know, you're always sort of looking out to the needs of everyone around you before caring for your own needs. You have the sort of quiet confidence of a person who knows who they are, has no, nothing to prove, you know, no grasp for attention or affection. And you have the skill to wait out a conversation, to actually listen to the person who's speaking to you, and then to speak wisely into that. Um, there's something beautiful about that. You two know each other well. You've been together for a while, know each other well. You know strengths and weaknesses that you have, but you don't exploit them. And, and that will always be your temptation. You, know, you're, you actually have a complementarity that's beautiful. But anytime there's complementarity, the temptation is always to oppress or manipulate. You know, we see in the world all over the place, everywhere we see it, you know, men trying to dominate women and women trying to, to manipulate men. Those are the ways of the world, not the ways of a Christian marriage. So instead, listen to St. Paul today, whom you've chosen. Nicole, you subject yourself in love to Jared. And Jarrett, sacrifice your life for Nicole. Love her as Christ loved the church. And both of you need to be sure in that conviction that Christ has called you to something that's bigger than yourselves. But whenever he calls you to something great, know that it's difficult. It's never easy. You know, make your home into a sort of cloister. And not a cloister in the sense that you know, you're shutting yourselves off to the world. That's not what you're called to in marriage. But a cloister, in the sense that it's a place where you work each day to sacrifice yourselves for one another. Your own good in devotion for the other. Because you're imperfect people. You know, on your wedding day, you don't want to hear that maybe, but you're imperfect. And you're going to hurt each other because you're imperfect people. But when you do, bow in humility before your spouse and ask forgiveness. And when you're hurt, then the call is always to make a sacrifice of mercy. To raise your spouse out, up, restore them to their former dignity. And that is an impossible call without grace. But it's not about your feelings. No, it's about love. And love is an act of the will. It doesn't matter how you feel. You can make an act of love. So you're ready for this. You prepared well. You put in the work. You know, trust in the prayers of your family. Trust in the church. Trust in the love that God has for you and the providence he has for your life. And bestow this great and mysterious sacrament upon one another with great joy today.